Well, hello there. It's another episode of Talking Bollocks, and I am your host, Howard H. Smith, the talker of bollocks. You're the listener of bollocks. We're all here for bollocks, aren't we? So, welcome, welcome to this episode. What is going to be going on in this episode? Well, as you've already seen, brilliant uh it's brilliant to have bobby back on the show what a top man um we have a right old chat we have a laugh but hey this isn't the normal intro is it no the normal intro is my name is howard h smith i host this here podcast i also sing in uk thrash metal band acid rain um i would direct you to the website but no one uses websites anymore so we don't have a website just social media um I host the official Motorhead podcast, The Motorcast. I uh, host um, a football podcast with two comedian friends called The Reducer. Um, and all sorts of bits and pieces, really. That's about it. That's me. But if you want more of Talking Bollocks, you know by now. Patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Come and join the masses of fun that we have every month outside of these podcasts oh we have a time of it yes we do so as always what to move on to it is the news what has been happening in the world of metal since last we spoke well um i was sticking on the homepage today because there was a lot there's like so a few things I just wanted to comment on. Brian May said Kurt Cobain gave us a legacy of some greatest guitar music of all time. I wouldn't necessarily agree, but it's nice to see Brian being nice about people who, you know, aren't around anymore. And yeah, I thought that was really cool. And Nirvana left a mark. Come on, you know, has to be recognised. Paul Diana will be forever grateful to Iron Maiden for covering remaining cost of his surgeries and treatment. I mean... This is more nice stuff. And again, it's good to hear. I'm not really bothered about Diano's career or anything like that, but I don't wish him any ill. And the man's had a, you know, a tough time, some of it self-induced and some of it not. But that not that great to hear? Also, ACDC, Metallica, Iron Maiden and Ozzy Osbourne are, are the rumoured headliners of this year's Power Trip Festival. In other words, let me read those names again. ACDC, Metallica, Iron Maiden and Ozzy Osbourne. In other words, nobody under 60 is allowed to headline a festival. What are we going to do, folks? What are we going to do? Metallica messengers the guitars of James Hetfield. Book coming in October. I know you big Metallica fans and completists will be getting that book. Personally, a book about guitars is for guitarists. But hey, let's wait and see. And then... Kirk Hammett is partnered with Gibson to recreate Greeny, his, his iconic 1959 Les Paul standard burst guitar. Cool. As long as none of that experiment involves a, um, a wah-wah pedal, we'll all sleep a lot safer in our beds. And then Metallica have shared new teaser for thrashy 72 seasons title track. Well, like most Metallica... It is when it is fast it doesn't stay fast for long slows down to the usual mid-pace mid-pacery that they've become known for um speaking of which three new metallica songs out now and um well i am very surprised to say that um yeah i mean i didn't think lux eterna would be the best of the uh, the best track they were going to release turns out it is um although if Darkness Had a Sun, the chorus, I just cannot stop singing. Amazing chorus. But my problem with all the three new Metallica tracks is um, 
Hetfield, vocals, awesome. Everything else, bang, fucking average. That's my problem at the moment with all of that. So that was, you know, that's that's Metallica. And as I speak, the new album is out um, within the next 24 hours, something like that. So that's going to be exciting for people isn't it? I'm definitely going to have a listen and, you know, maybe maybe do a special episode and, you know, get a, get a, a bunch of people. I did, like I did for um, Hardwired, we'll get a bunch of people on just chatting in general about it. So, what else has been going on in the world of metal? Well, this is an interesting one. Henry Rollins has put his life savings into a project which he hopes to launch next year. Yeah. He talked about a major project he moved to Nashville to realise and he originally revealed in his recent sick book. Asked what the project is, Rollins said, It's something I've been working on for a couple of years with my manager Heidi May and I've put my life savings into it. All I can say is that we're looking at launching 14 months from now in Nashville and it will make um, people smile until their faces hurt. Uh, I mean, I'm just... Yeah, I'm really, really interested to see what the fuck that is it's yeah it's gonna be weird but this is really interesting um less than two years ago rollins dis- uh, discussed his decision to retire from making music it was on a rick rick rubin podcast like i mean for fuck's sake rubin have you not nailed down every fucking aspect of music can you not leave at least podcasts for the rest of us to do averagely or do you just have to come along and do it way better than everyone else smash it out the park and we all go all right well i can't get any of those guests i've got any of those stories are as cool fucking rick rubin come on rick there's no i mean you know of of all the people who are going to release a podcast there's no there's no fucking competing with rick rubin this is the man who turned johnny cash's career around i mean come on Anywho, um, Rollins goes on to say, the smart thing I did as a younger man was one day I woke up in my bed and I went, I'm done with music. I don't hate it. I just have no more lyrics. There's no more toothpaste in the tube. I called my manager at the time and I said, I'm done with music. And 15% of that was a good thing for him. He was like, no, no. And I was like, yes, yes. So luckily I had enough movies, voiceover, documentary work, writing, talking where, where that just filled in. And now I'm busier than ever. But I walked away before I had to start saying, hey, kids, remember this one. So I didn't have to put it on, go up there and put on, put on the dog and yelp for my dinner. Very, very fucking cool. I mean, yeah, that's he says he goes on to say, I've had, gent- I've had gentle discussions with major rock stars. Um, you go out, you play those same songs every night for the last 40 years, and one of those people who I love dearly said, yeah, that's what people want. And I go, you want to give them what they want? Yeah. He's an older school, older school guy, even older than me. And he said, yeah, you want to make people happy. And I'm like, do you? I never thought of that. That never once occurred to me. <laughs> he went, what do you do? I go, just what's on next? And he went, huh? How's that treating you? And I went, well, I need bus fare to get home. (laughs) Very cool. So anyway, yeah, uh, that's a really admirable stance. You can just carry on doing what you do and, you know, have your ego filled up and get a check at the end of the night. But basically what he's saying is I couldn't phone it in and I didn't want to become one of those bands who are phoning it in. And that's fucking admirable. Well and truly, as is 
Exodus and Slay guitarist Gary Holt to release a fabulous disaster memoir. I'm not going to say any more on this other than get the fucking book, it'll be great. But the major point of this story is it's on Blabbermouth. There's a picture of um, Gary Holt playing uh, with either Exodus or Slay. It's just a picture of him playing guitar live on stage. And he's wearing a smudge the Kardashians t-shirt that's right so he wears the kill the kardashians t-shirt on stage has done for a while and guess what blabbermouth you set of cunts have fucking censored it they've blurred it what absolutely fucking pathetic no wonder they go around trawling youtube listening to podcasts like this one hi guys i doubt they listen i would imagine it's bots but you know trawling fucking youtube for any old fucking story Let's have a story on what a spineless set of cunts you are. Fucking. It's the Kardashians, for fuck's sake. Of course, I mean, it's, it's a st- <laughs> he's wearing that T-shirt on stage, in venues, full of people, every night with Slayer. Then it's on videos. Those shots are, be- are everywhere. But no. Oh, no, no. Blabbermouth. Take the fucking step of censoring the word kill you bunch of fucking spineless pricky cunts and i don't know what a pricky cunt is but you've just made it up i've made up a brand new fucking insult purely for fucking blabbermouth anyway suicidal tendencies uh frontman mike muir to release new solo album this year okay well I wish I could say I was excited, but I'm not. But I haven't heard it yet. So, you know, it's just a bit of a shame that Suicidal Tendencies' last album was in 2018, five years ago, and it was the re-recording of um, of Mike's solo LP recorded in 1995. I mean... You know, I'd just like a little bit more from my legends. Please, guys, please. And now just yet another one. Loudness cancels European tour due to skyrocketing post-pandemic costs. Not going to say anything more. I've made, you know, I've made my I've made my statement on this. But look, yeah, basically, guys, get fucking tickets as soon as you can. Show people that there is people that are going to turn up on the night. Support everybody that you can. Buy merch if you can. Hey. That's life. And now, um, the last story before we go into the interview, Bobby, is former Iron Maiden singer Blaze Bailey suffers heart attack, postpones live shows. I mean, former Iron Maiden singer, yeah, that's Blabbermouth saying that. I would say Wolfsbane and Iron Maiden singer Blaze Bailey um, has had a heart attack. Now, he he appears to be doing well, um, but clearly... You know, a, a bit of a legend of the UKC scene, an absolute legendary frontman, a great singer, somebody that I, I've never met, but I have a, a, have a, a, a real lot of time for. Um, and whilst Blaze is in recovery, um, I may well try and reach out and get in touch and um, and have a chat on the podcast. Would you like that, guys? Would you like that? Would you like me and Blaze to have a little bit of a little bit of a chat? As, uh, you know, you can listen to us chopping it up, as I believe the Americans call it. Now, if some of you are thinking that that's a cocaine reference, no, 
apparently, I mean, this has been around for, for, for years, chopping it up is having a chat. So there you go. Oh, God, how fucking old do I sound? Honestly, I, oh, I mean, I am 52, which is pretty fucking old. Let's be honest. Didn't think I'd make it this far. But fucking hell, I just sound like, you know, sound like your granddad, don't I? Oh, cho were you chopping it up, were you? Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. And I like it. I like the phrase. I think it's really cool. You know, really. I mean, it sounds much better with an American accent. You know, oh, I was just chopping it up with Dave. Doesn't fucking really work, does it? Ah, uh, you know, me and Dave, we were chopping it up. You know, that, that works. That fucking works. You know, even the same names. But us Brits, I mean, look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Motherfucker sounds much better in American. Yeah. Um, now, this is a tough one. Ass or ass. Yeah, kick my ass, kick my ass. As a, as a, as a Brit, I should be saying kick my ass. Kick my ass sounds better and has a kind of like a different meaning. Like, this is the def this is the trouble in it. Kick my ass li literally means somebody has kicked me in the rectum, the bottom, the rear. Whereas it kicked my ass doesn't mean I physically got kicked in the bottom, in the rear, in the anus, the rectum, if you will. Um, it means you know something got the better of me. So surely kicked my so that is ass and it's not art. do you know what i think i've i think i've figured that out myself live here yeah it kicked my ass but i'm gonna sit down on my ass okay brilliant well glad you were all in on me figuring that out and you can all do so and all use various words as you please so um it's now time for a chat with bobby's first up if you want to watch the chat, we had a really nice chat on video, on Zoom. It's on the Talking Bollocks YouTube channel, which is go to YouTube, Talking Bollocks, except with a Z on the end, not an S, and you'll see us there. Well, there is some slight technical difficulties, and my um, my webcam went down during it, so um, I have to get rid of my external webcam. So there's about five minutes where there's, there's no me. I mean, that's good, isn't it? And then... Um, and then I reappear. Anyway, look, fascinating. There's, uh, yeah, a little bit, little bit of technical difficulties, but nothing major by any stretch of the imagination. So, if you'd be so kind as to pin your ears back and listen to Bobby and myself um, discuss, discussing their new album and all sorts of other bits and pieces for people who've chatted quite a few times over the years. Bobby was one of the very first guests on um, on Talking Bollocks. I think he's in about episode three in 2014. And believe it or not, he references that interview in this interview. That's right. A whole nine years ago, he references that interview. Yeah, yeah. I pretended like I could remember. <laughs> what a dude. Here he is. Look at that backdrop, Mr. Professional, eh? Look, I, I, I do my best. I tell you what, that's the first time anyone's accused me of being professional. <laughs> and probably the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, man. Probably. Um, how are you? You're looking well, mate. Yeah, doing okay, you know. Keeping it uh, keeping it together. I don't know if you can see out here, but we got a nice, got a nice New Jersey snowstorm. Ah, right, yeah. Another beauty. But hey. You don't live in this part of the world if you don't like snow. So, no, no, and you don't you don't live in that part of the world if you don't like um, bears living in your garden either. As I was reading somewhere, every time I say something just a little bit off, it always shows up in there. I look like 
I look like some kind of a senile douchebag. <laughs> do, re- do, you, do, you rem- do you remember the do you remember the TV character Grizzly Adams? <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're and, like the, the the metal version of Grizzly Adams. <laughs> yes. I mean, but I think he messed around with the grizzly bear. This is these are blacks. I mean, this is all right. I'll tell you something. I was just going back and forth like this, just you know, shooting the shit back and forth with Brando from uh, Appetite for Distortion. And I, I thought he was a Mets fan because I saw this like blue and orange shirt. And he goes, No, I'm a I'm a Knicks fan. I said, Oh, well, you're so close to them. He goes, Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. Where are you? I'm in North Jersey. Oh, what's it like? I've never been. And, I, and we just started going back and forth. It was just a little geographic lesson about the differences. And it becomes the fucking clickbait for the for the whole thing. You know? <laughs> Bobby puts mates with bears. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, you know, you know what it's like these days. Any any way you can get press coverage, man. You know, any way you can get the message out. Yes, and, and stupidity always trumps good information. You know what I mean? It's always like it's always like the higher. So. Yeah, it's 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 always the stuff that's off the beaten track, like you say, that people pick up on as well. I suppose that's the interest too, though. You know, I mean, it, it's like you know, I always, I always scan the blabbermouth stuff. I'm not like really a comment person. I think you probably remember from our interview at uh, was at the O2 in uh, Islington. Um, yeah, I'm just not, you know, I'm not a social media guy. I really don't give a shit. You know, I mean, <laughs> and probably yeah. to some degree, kind of keeps me pure. I don't get any arguments. I, I keep my secrets to myself. I don't, you know. But I, I, I scan Blabbermouth, uh, but not the comments, but I scan it for oh, who's releasing, you know, what's going on, who's touring, because yeah. maybe it'll help me in the future. But it's always the same shit. Background, you know, who's using backing tracks, you know, Kiss's <laughs> End of the Road Tour. I've been reading about Kiss's End of the Road Tour before I had any gray in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you, you, you've hit a sweet spot with me there. I mean, if, if it's not if it's not the um, the final tour, it's Gene pronouncing rock and roll is dead. You know, it's that it's it's that time of the decade. Um, you know, and, and then and then it's all the stories. It's people respond. Don't fucking respond. Don't encourage him. It's but that's the you know isn't that the point? I mean, if you got that kind of response, if you're that type of attention and that kind of activity happens after the simplest statement, and then you explain it in two more sentences. And and half of the rock and roll world is, you know, either agreeing with you or throwing oranges at you. You've you've created some type of a buzz out of nothing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I think that that's his thing, and and he's an expert at it. I just don't I just don't take the hook anywhere. You know, it's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I look ultimately, like you say, I'm, I do the same. Uh, I do I do the same. You know, scanning blab blabber mouth going through the news um and invariably you know there's no news it's just like you know tittle tattle and stuff lifted off uh, off youtube from podcasts things like this uh it's content everybody's like content hungry so you know posting something that's just you know complete rubbish is better than posting nothing at all yeah i suppose and and something anything different i suppose a bear or you know whatever it may be is is at least better than backing truck somewhere to someone yeah. i suppose i mean yeah. to me i just kind of got a laugh at it. i was like look at my fucking head i said i should have taken a shower that day. <laughs> <laughs> um so look i've got to ask you because um 
uh, Wicked Place came out um, today. And you first. Um... Oh, what's happened here? Uh, well, my, my, my picture is frozen. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Right. OK. Um, so basically, um, the, the single came out today. But you, I mean, you obviously you played that live for the first time. I think back in December last year, so you must have been itching. And I know, like it's you know, it's not the first time, but you must be itching every time to get that new stuff out. Yeah, you know, yes, um, but only because it's part of the process that leads to the release, and the release leads to the tour. Um, it's going to run simultaneously with it. So I look at this as the next step closer to the tour as opposed to like oh i can't wait to hear what people think about this i mean i know what the song is i mean it's not for everyone but that big thick chunky blues riff in in wicked place is something that spawned my love of rock and roll and eventually heavy metal and that morphed into thrash you know but i mean it's a this is uh this is 1970s 101 you know fog hat on steroids kind of a vibe uh, with with wicked place so i'm glad people are hearing it but um it does from this point on take take me that much one one step closer to the tour yeah and that is and that's the goal isn't it it's basically uh get back out there and um and and experience these songs live and have some fun well it's to have fun but it's also you know there's a there's a great amount of normality that's missing um because i've been running and and this is personal, but I, I think the other guys would say something similar to um, a routine for, for decades at this point, you know, and a bunch of that was missing, um, you know, when Peter pandemic took over and, you know, kept, kept everybody in their houses. Uh, so uh, I look forward to get back to the routine. The routine was always fun. That was never, that was never an issue. Uh, but it was almost like, you know, you're almost like Jones for like a, sorry, <laughs> you're almost like Jones for like a drug. <laughs> Um, and what I mean is that, you know, if I got high back in somewhere during the field of fire era where I was struck by lightning and said, this is it, this is what I want to do. Um, I still crave that in 23, but yeah. was, uh, was denied it for, for a three year period at this point to some degree. I mean, we've had, had some shows, but not shows with, uh, with new song. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't you, didn't you, weren't you one of the bands? I'm sure we spoke and, and you, you literally, you only canceled about two or three shows at the end of the tour was, is, or am I getting, you know, you, it kind of landed in not such a bad place for you. Well, I, we were, um, we were coming up the East coast. We, we had a West coast tour. Uh, we're Jersey. So East coast, New York, New Jersey area. Um, we were, we got the word when we were in North Carolina. So that I think there was three shows left. So we were, we were in much better shape than a lot of other people who lost entire tours. Um, but I mean, Hey, the, the whole fucking world stopped on its axis, you know? So, I mean, you can't really say, Oh, we lost three shows and that really blows. I'm talking about yeah. it from a selfish perspective. And that selfish perspective is, is just, again, that I, I kind of crave that, that part of the, uh, of this whole process, you know? I mean, I did it from the beginning because it was live. You know, the, the studio records were only to get out in the road. I know that sounds yeah. moronic, but I mean, I mean, you play. I mean, Acid Rain is probably has some of that same principle, you know, oh, with regard. It, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got to be, I mean, well, look, I, you know, I, when I was a, um, a 
when I was a, a busier comedian than, my, than I am now, uh, things are getting um, slowly getting back up to speed after the pandemic. But, you know, I'd be doing, you know, five shows a week. So, you know, and that's that's all year round. As long as, you, you know, there's, there's no album to push. There's no cycle. It's just constant. Um and you know, and that's that's the best way to get in the best shape, you know, as well. Is you know, you stay sharp because you've just got to be on it all the time. Um, but it still has it still has the possibility of failure, and I think that oh, that you know, I don't oh, yeah. ever look to fail. I don't think anyone does. I mean, you look to always succeed, but I mean, the fact that it's not it's not set in stone, it's not guaranteed, it's close, but you could still you could still fail, and I think that that's where part of the excitement comes from. Danger. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, you know, the greatest drug known to man, adrenaline. Ultimately, you can feel like absolute shit just like 20 minutes before you go on. And then you go out there and everything's good. You know, Dr. Showbiz rocks up, gives you that shot of adrenaline. Are you doing are you doing stand up comedy now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm, you know, when I'm out on the road with the band, I'm out on the road with the band. But when I'm not, I'm, yeah, doing stand-up comedy and podcasting and bits and pieces. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it, I, I mean, it's it, it's fun, man. It, it really is. It's such a different thing to music. It, it, it really is. But but that, the 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 fear of failure is heightened because there's like it's it's not like right okay well if i have if i if i'm on, have an off night someone else is gonna like you know has got my back it's like if i have an off night i'm fucked <laughs> so yeah, it's singular right? it's just you yeah absolutely absolutely pain, right? yeah and 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 complete with all the beauties of not being in a band somebody offers you a gig and you just go uh how much is it yeah when is it yeah okay you know there's no yeah. You know, there's there's no like you know mass inquiry while everybody checks their checks their diaries and figures out what's going on in everyone's lives. You know, um, so that's cool. hell, yeah, just singular. It makes it a hell of a lot easier to like book yourself up five days a week. I assume yeah. it does, but you'll appreciate this more than most. It makes it lonely. There's no one to bounce off. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you know like you ain't you going daily- on. Your own daily pandemic. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Imagine walking up and down that tour bus on your own. That's no fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the uh, it's the mischief and the shenanigans with you know with all with with all your uh, all your friends who should know better. You know, that's that's the the fun of the road. Well, I I think it's one of the reasons. I mean, I might have said this to you in the past. I said, you know, the work comes before the tour. You know, the tour is you know the tour is the cream you know that the tour is the payoff for for the work that comes before then you get a whole bunch of middle-aged even older dudes at this point you know getting on on a tour bus with a set of dice and some playing cards and a few cigars yeah somebody breaks out a bottle of bourbon you just never know what the hell is going to happen but i mean it's going to be fun you know and that's uh and that's the payoff to all the work that that uh, precedes that that moment yeah, and do you know what I think? Uh, I'm exactly the same, and I think we're I think we're lucky to be like that because I know that there's you know there's musicians out there who just love that songwriting and studio work, and don't get me wrong, I enjoy it as well. But 
uh, you know, for them, it's like it's then the drag of, oh, oh, we have, you know, have, I have to tour so I can do another album and do all that enjoyable process where, you know, I enjoy the the, the creativity and the, and the recording and everything. And, yeah, it's, it's it's a bit more like work. It's fucking serious. But it's interesting. I, I kind of agree with you. I, you know, I think, though, I've never considered myself an artist. You know, I, <laughs> yes, I, I know. Yes. Same. Uh, you know, an artist needs people to understand his or look into his soul or what he's thinking. You know, I mean, maybe I'm being a little extreme or a little dramatic with that, but I, but that happens through that creativity and that writing and that recording and that presentation of it and how everything needs to be. I think Didi probably is a little bit more of an artist, but I mean, he still loves doing live shows. Uh, but I think of myself, you know, if, if you look at your comedy shows, I mean, you craft them into something, you know, you pick up pieces here and there and you put it together and you you put together a routine or just a, a series of statements or events and presentation to a crowd that you've crafted um, into something that's going to make them, it's going to tickle their funny bone. I, I think the same um, with the shows that I've picked up things along the way that I've crafted into something that, you know, that strikes a nerve with somebody that yeah. uh, gets it, a, a, a reaction out of my action. Uh, yeah. And from that, you know, you get that positive energy. Well, it's it's the same thing, like like building those, you know, building those get those gags, or you know, you start with one gag on a subject, and then another one comes out of it, you know, with which you improv one, and and you and slowly you build something, and it's the same, like you know, between song raps and some like and something like that, something will happen, and you react to it, and you'll say something, and you think. And it goes down really well. And you think, actually, I don't need that to happen every night. I can actually just say that every night. And all of a sudden you work that in and people and people are like, oh, yeah, you know, that's really cool. And you're like, yeah, you know, you, it, not not that you plan what you're going to say, but, you, you know, you subconsciously store these things in the back of your mind for mm, I'll keep that for when I need it. Do you have like a shtick? I mean, are you known as a certain he's the something guy? He's the. No, uh, not really. No, I do. Um, I do a character. I do a um, uh, a character called Keith Platt, professional Yorkshireman. So it's a it's a complete dress up and thing. But I also when I, um, I will MC shows. So I'll you know I'll MC a show with other comedians, and then I am that's me as a stand up, um, basically, um, you know, manipulating the audience all night, having a laugh, you know, doing some of my material here and there. But you know you're essentially the comedian who's on all night, um, and 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 that's you know me as me, um, and to be honest, I just I just fuck about with the audience, find the stories in the audience, and you know I try and make the whole thing as much of a party as possible. Um, yeah, of course, and 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 yeah, same with the band. I, I think you know you know people just want to people want to go and just enjoy themselves, you know. Well, or or let go. You know, or, or yep. be taken somewhere else by you know something that you're presented. You know, and listen, it's it's one of the. Uh, uh, I just did I just did a podcast for Metal Sucks, and, and and the guy was asking me. His name was Petra. He was asking me, did you did you, you know, did you TV binge watch during the pandemic? I said, you know, a little bit here and there. I mean, they brought hockey and baseball back with nobody in the audiences. I kind of I was excited about seeing something that was I thought was live I was part of. And he said to me, he goes, I don't ever watch TV. He goes, 
the whole thing for me is being in a live situation, whether it be music or sport. It's to feel like I'm part of something. And I said, man, that's the kind of guy that for sure is, is, appreciates shit like that me and you do, but yeah. also is the guy that has experienced more real things in his life than the motherfucker who binge watches Netflix. You know, because yeah. Dr. Fauci said that, you, you know, you can't go eat pasta with your fucking relatives. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? But I mean, somebody Absolutely, who yeah. that, craves that live experience. That is like, man, I mean, that's a that's a that's a God given gift, that live experience. Absolutely. It's like, you know, it always amazes me when you get people who are like, you know, they follow a tour, which is, you know, less likely you know in the states but when you you know as you know when you come to the uk and europe you'll you know people will get to a hell of a lot of shows not that it doesn't happen in the states as well but you know it tends to happen more over here where you you're like wow they they, they you know they stop becoming you, you stop thinking of them as fans it's like no they're just they're like they're part of the crew you know they're on the road they're on this tour they're just like traveling separately that's a good point i mean yeah it happens here obviously um, but uh, I think you're right. I think you see a lot more. I think it's also proximity of big cities in Europe. Oh yeah, it's I just easier. That, it's just easier to do, and the and the and the transportation setup over there is like you don't have to take your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's kind of the point. Yeah. I mean, you can take the train and 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 you know be to a place two hours. Uh, you know, if you were in Birmingham, you could be two hours from there the next night. You know, and on that on that train. So it's. Um, I think it's more availability with regard to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just thinking, actually, I mean, you could follow you could follow a whole kind of UK six date tour and you could follow that whole tour and do less miles than it would take you to get to one show and back. You know, we, we in the States, we're so we're so lucky over here. We have we have a guy that has followed us. I mean, he's become a friend. I mean, years ago, he and his wife. And uh, he actually takes his vacation during our tours. And he sees he's in the Midwest. So so this is the spot in the United States where the proximity is is closer. Like if he's in Michigan, so there's Detroit, Michigan, there's Flint, there's Ann Arbor. And then right down below that is Toledo, Ohio and Columbus and Cleveland. And he can make all these shows over that. He turns it into like a riding vacation where him and his wife will. They'll see, be at the show at night, but during the day they're going to see whatever some historical event or some, uh, you know, some point of interest or some something that a city's known for. Or go to a brewery that is uh, it's been talked about. So they make it this whole big thing. But he's kind of unique. He's not the he's not the norm. He's the he's the <laughs> exception. And and it sounds like he gets to see more of the uh, he gets to see more of the that cool shit in the cities than uh, than you get chance to as well. That's, it, it, you know, that's kind of the way they do it. And um, it, it's just a, a, it's like the perfect setup. I mean, for what she does for work and what he does for work, they already have like a network of places to stay and know all this stuff. So, so sure, they get to see all that stuff and she loves it. They, I don't even give them tickets anymore. I just give them a laminate. You know, the first time I say, I go, hey, here you go, there's two laminates. We'll see you whenever. Come to the bus after the show. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's, that, that, that's lovely. That's lovely. Well, look, I, I, I want to nip. I want to nip back to um, to the singles out today, Wicked Place, because um, you uh, you've mentioned the you've mentioned the bluesy groove and you've mentioned the riff. Um, but what I wanted to talk to you about was the first time I heard it, 
the first thing that struck me was, ooh, Bobby's enjoying this one. It's 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 like he's getting to do something just a little bit different. You know what I mean? It's like it's like I haven't heard I haven't heard your voice like that for a long time, and I can't remember where it was, but it's like straight away I was like, yeah, yeah, there's 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 like you've gone an interesting route with this that those those opening melody lines uh yeah just love it well that's a i mean that's that's a good pickup because um you know listen i mean i i know what i am but i still aspire to be a better singer and i try to raise even my own you know my own benchmark you know i try to i try to raise the bar um, absolutely absolutely every record and and it's about having the opportunity to do that based on the song is being constructed and this specific song wicked place is um it get it i realized that doing it i all i all i needed to do was give it the right amount of air to breathe and not fill every little space with something and it was going to take care of itself yeah and it was you know if you were if you were interviewing black sabbath back in 1972 and you were sitting with ozzy like this um on and, Zoom, and unlikely, but I'll go with you. Just, just a fantasy. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so what the band he was in, he was gonna, he would tell you he was in a blues rock band, is what he yeah. would tell you. He wouldn't tell you he was in a heavy metal band, regardless of how many people bowed down and said they've created a new genre. You know, with regard to Tony's riffs and Ozzy's lines and Bill Ward's beats and the way Geezer, you know, put everything around it. But he would say he was in a blues rock band. And I think somewhere in Wicked Place, it transported my head to that type of thinking, if that makes any sense, to the yeah. point where it's yeah. like, it doesn't have to be heavy metal all the time. It can be a blues rock band. You, yeah. you know, that that it, it's, a, it's a different space. Now, if we put our face on that space, um, eventually it comes out to be a metal type tune. But I think that uh, we accomplished some different things on this record, and Wicked Place is one of them. A big thick blues ride, you know, the the fog hat on steroids. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you're talking about the space there as well. The 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 fact, you know, the pacing of the song, that's something else that's key as well, because you 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 speed that song up a little bit, and bang goes all the space that you're really making use of at the moment. It's a good point. That's a that's a really good point. I didn't even think of that, but the the tempo of it is is obviously necessary. And this was something that when we were going back and forth about tempos, there was a slower version and a faster version. But the the faster version is this one, but only is is only faster in the chorus. Uh, so not in the verse. Right. If if you don't let that riff breathe in that song, it become it would become clouded, I think. And yeah. now it's yeah. it has a each each section or each um element of that song, each part. Uh, each performance gets a chance to breathe around the other ones. And I, th- I think it's the success of the song, at least in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I, 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 you know, I, I, I just love, I love the pacing of it. Um, and, um, and like I said, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as your vocals came in, I was kind of like, all oh, right, yeah, no, this is, this, this is interesting. And, it, and uh, but as you say, especially as a, as a singer, you are, you know, you're reliant on what, what you're given to sing over, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, if, anytime I hear open chords, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <Fucking> yes. 
you know, I got to tell you, I mean, you can use this next time you're doing songs with your boys, right? But uh, yeah. I've been doing this to Diddy for years. Every time I get the demo from him, we hardly ever talk about it, you know? I think on this record, he, he asked me what I thought. I said, just write it like it's the last record. I said, if you think in your head like it's the last record, it's going to succeed. You know, you're going to be very happy with your results. And I'll obviously pick up on that. Um, but every time he sends me the demo, I call him. He never answers the phone the first time he calls me. Just he lets it go to voicemail, and I say, "Got the demo. Just want to let you know I'm tired of this. I'm a professional. I can't write to this shit." And then I hang up. <laughs> Brilliant. The joke is so old; he doesn't even get the message anymore. I, I, I don't like it. <laughs> it was great the first time, but after 20 records, it's like, oh god, this guy is. I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you know what? You didn't do it. He'd miss it. That's how it is. It's a good point. That's a good point. You probably wonder if I passed away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, speaking of which, do you, will you knock the will you knock things back and forward with DD? Will you say to him like, do you know what? Like, can we just can we just get two more of these? You know, can we get two more bars here, or you know, can that maybe go somewhere else, higher higher there instead of lower? Or do you yeah. do you trust in him? Up. Yeah, no, those adjustments are always made. Um, and a lot of them are made through Dave um, because I think Dave is a, he's a good sounding board. He's been with us for, you know, over a 20 year period of time. He's our really our encyclopedia of heavy, you know, I mean, he loves the bluesy kind of stuff like that. I mean, let's a sledgehammer, you know, drums and riffs, but he's the encyclopedia of all things heavy. And he had just has a good feel for, you know, uh, extending um, a bridge um, for adding a counter melody, uh, for putting a harmony in. Um, and, and he'll say things to me like, what are you singing here? And I'll say, I'm not decided on it. And, he, and he'll say, I'm going to send you um, a melody I've done. If you uh -huh. did a counter over this, it would work great. So so it's not just Dee Dee and myself just yeah. you know, wrangling all of this in, but it's more, you know, and it's more like the three of us on that musical end of things. But then you add Jason Bittner to it. You can't tell this fucking guy how to write. You can suggest yeah. it. But the guy's like, I mean, he, talk about a professional. This fucking guy is like, he'll sit there and start breaking things down into like, you know, he'll, he'll start breaking beats down into 64th notes and, and telling you BPMs out of his head. You know, that that kind, yeah. of, yeah. kind of approach. So I'm not telling Jason Bittner how to write. If he wants to change a part, it's probably for the better is the way <laughs> yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and he's always open to it too. So, so it really becomes not just a two prong attack, you know, it's, you know, four fingers, you need a thumb to make the fist. I think that that's kind of the, the approach that we take. And, and a guy like Jason, who's on his second record with us, I mean, it's not just all, uh, you know, the metal he did with Shadows Fall and with Flotsam and us, it's a whole bunch of other stuff that he had to put into this record. Songs like Fever, uh, you know, center sections in Fever, um, thrashers like the surgeon which are you know which is the template to much of the stuff we've done over the last 10 years obviously trying to push the parameters of it uh but then wicked place you know i mean this is a i mean this is a full rounded kind of a record i mean how do you tie it together i guess you put my voice and Dee's bass and writing over it and it sounds like overkill but it's but it's it's definitely eclectic dynamics throughout the whole thing yeah, it's uh, and it's funny when you were talking there about like the collaboration that goes on. Um, 
I always I, like working in the studio. I I'm, I'm exactly the same. I mean, you know, in the writing as well, but also in the studio, I think it's important to have somebody, um, you know, uh, who you're working with, who's tracking you, whether it's a, you know, a producer, engineer, whatever, but somebody that you can feel can get the best out of you and will throw in and will throw in ideas. And, and I, I'm, I'm all up for that because, you know, ultimately, you know, some of those ideas might work. They might all work. None of them might work, but you won't know if you don't try them. We all want the best track. I think yeah. every guy, yeah. me, you, every people listening, um, people not listening who, who <laughs> play, you want the best track. And, and I, you know, I'll tell you, the only problem I have in the studio with the other guys is that when they start discussing what I'm doing, I said, just wait till I'm done. Yes. And then you can discuss whatever I do. Yeah. Don't stop yeah. me lines into <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, oh. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure about what you're doing there. And it's like, dude, there are three <laughs> other voices that are going to be working at that point. Yeah. So don't don't be judging the whole thing until it's finished. You don't burst yeah, into the, be- you don't burst into the kitchen halfway through a chef's making a meal, do you? And go like, mm, uh, oh no, no, don't like that. It's not even cooked yet. How much how much salt you're going to put in there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it needs more interviews. Okay, man. Look, we'll 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 catch up again sometime. Whenever you're here, give me. A sh- I, I'm, I'll be on the guest list, and we'll come up. Um, we'll have yeah, a chat. I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk to Chris too. I mean, Chris Davies is a good kid. I mean, I didn't do anything with you over the pandemic because I was like, I don't want to talk about the pandemic. You know, I think he asked or something. I was like, Nah, I'm not going to do anything. Oh, uh, mate. You know? Yeah, I, I I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling. Anyway, look, you got to run. Loving the stuff. Okay, Can't wait, I- hear the album. See you soon. Howard, thank you, man. Take care, man. Be well. And yes, I did have a whale of a time and really enjoyed um, doing that. And I hope you did too. That was so much fun. That really was so much fun to do. Um, And yeah, I wish we could have gone longer. Now, that is is the record company um, organised interview. Thank you, Claire. She's awesome. She helps me out at Nuclear Blast. Um, you mentioned, you heard uh, Bobby mention Chris there, who's a friend of mine, long-time campaigner to get Acid Rain back together. And boy, have I given him a hard time over the years before we before we decided to actually do a reboot. Um, but anyway, uh, that was him that we mentioned earlier, and he always organises a nice, big, chunky amount of time for me to chat to Bobby whenever I can. So there will be a follow-up, whether it's over here face to face or another one. But there will be more to come where we can, um, yeah, we can expand on what we were talking about there because I could just talk to Bobby all fucking day and i'm sure you guys could listen as well so anyway just a short podcast this time but hey it's about the quality not the quantity isn't it people always say that when they're short on quantity (laughs) yeah well anyway lots 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 more interviews to come in fact i'm going out tonight and i'm meeting somebody to do one Mm, how exciting is that well also irrelevant by the time you listen to this Let's, it's probably fucking irrelevant anyway, really, isn't it? You don't give a shit what I get up to. Just make sure I get these fuckers out. Well, this one's out, and there's more to come. Keep subscribing, keep telling people about it, and keep sharing. And if you would, sign up at Patreon. Go on. Fuck it. Why not? You might actually enjoy it. It's only $6, for fuck's sake. You know, it's like 
five quid or whatever. Honestly, anyway, look, if it's your thing, it's your thing. Cool. Anyway, hope you're all well. Look after each other. And I will speak to you all very, very soon. Next time I speak to you, there'll be a new Metallica album out. Mm. I wonder what that's going to be like. Speak to you next time.